0: our Savior, our Lord, and our life.
1: Beloved, thank you so much for joining us today on the Our Resolute Hope podcast. John Russian here with my partner in crime, Frank Friedman. And Frank, we are talking about a touchy subject in this series, aren't we? The will of God. Why is it so touchy, my friend?
2: (laughs) Well, John, as a believer, we want to please God. We want to live a life of thanksgiving for all that God has done for us. But unfortunately, I think the church has made the will of God a mysterious thing. Some of the teachings out there, like, you know, you have to search for the will of God and seek for the will of God. And it's just run so contrary just to understanding of any parent-child relationship. If a parent has a will for a child, they're going to tell the child what the will is. And God has done that in his word. And so I'm really glad we're doing this podcast. You and I get to go to our father's word and help our listeners understand that God has revealed to us what his will is for us. So this is a good, fun time.
1: Indeed it is. And if you've just joined us, We're in the third week of this series of episodes. In week one, basically, Frank and I discussed the problem, you know, why people have a hard time figuring out God's will. And when they can't, they tend to substitute doing things, good things like reading your Bible, joining a local body, giving, supporting the ministry. Those are all good things, but they don't answer the main question that's on everyone's lips, Frank. What is God's will for me? So last week, we began to answer that question. And of course, we began to look at scripture. What does Father's word say about this? And just by way of a brief summary, we looked at three different thoughts about God's will. The first is that God's will is that we are saved. Second Peter 3, 9, God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And if you don't like that verse, you can go to John 6, the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son will have eternal life. Or you can go to First Timothy 4. God desires all men to be saved. So the idea is present throughout the Scripture, isn't it, Frank?
2: Yes, it is. He has told us, this is my will. So all we got to do is start looking for that phrase, and it's going to become pretty clear for us. And it all begins with being restored to God being made whole. And, you know, John, if we look at that word, sozo, saved, being made whole, it means we've been restored to the design that he had for us. And his design with the original man was that man would have the life of God inside of him by the indwelling spirit. And that's what we've been restored to in the new covenant. And that's, the staging ground for the rest of those will of God statements.
1: Indeed, my friend. And the second one we saw also starts with S. This one's sanctified. And we saw this from mm. First Thessalonians 4, where this is the will of God, our sanctification. And Frank, you've made it a point to talk about the fact that sanctified means hagios,
0: holy,
2: mm.
1: set apart. So, okay, we've been saved, but how does being holy and set apart tie in with being saved?
2: Well, you know, John, I think it goes back to 1 John 5, where it says the whole world lies under the evil one. And there's different words for world. And that word would be the world system, the idea of performance, achievement, getting what you deserve, getting what you earn, human achievement versus divine accomplishment. And we got delivered Out of that world system, we got set apart from the world and then set apart to God, where we no longer live in the economy of human achievement. We draw from the economy of divine accomplishment, what God does for us. We now live from him. Cool stuff, man. And of course, the third uh,
1: aspect of God's will hinges off both of these, and that is we are to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, as you and I talked last time, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances, (laughs) because sometimes they're pretty crummy, but to give thanks in all circumstances. And Frank, we highlighted the fact that this word thanks is really Eucharisteo, the root of the Holy Eucharist, the communion, a deep, full, rich, heartfelt gratitude. And Frank, this is just the reasonable fruit of being saved and being sanctified, isn't it?
2: Mm. Yes, John, it's a recognition. We've come to understand that the lie of the garden, that we shall be as God, is a lie. And we have refuted the lie and made the choice to come back under God. And God is holy. He is perfect. He is good. He is infinitely loving. And so we get restored to a place where we acknowledge that God is on the throne. And that means that whatever's going on in our life, we're not out of control. It's not random suffering. As the old song said back in the, was it the 70s? He's got the whole world in his hands and he is working to bring about good in our lives. And so even though it might be a painful circumstance, we know it's not the end of the story. The end of the story is good. And so we grit our teeth sometimes because we don't always feel thankful, but we thank him. And that's an issue of faith and hope.
1: Yes, sir, it is. Well, this week, my friend, we're going to dive into uh, a few more verses. We have seven selected in total. I'm not sure we'll get through all of them today, but we'll do our best. This one, number four, is that it's God's will that we serve. And there Hmm. are lots of verses for us to choose. I picked out two, right? The first one is Matthew 20, verse 28. And these are the words of Mm -hmm. Jesus. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this idea of service, and not only service, but the ultimate service, giving your life, this is really, I don't want to say our model, because it means we have to duplicate it, but this is the life, the mindset that is now in us, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, John. You know, as I was listening to you, I couldn't help but think of 1 John 3.16. You know, everybody memorizes John 3.16, that God so loved the world, whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. But it's fascinating that the Holy Spirit put another verse, 1 John 3.16, where he says, as the son laid down his life, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And that's a powerful, powerful statement.
1: That's right. It ties right in with Romans 12, which is the second verse I pulled out, that we are to present our bodies as, uh, this is the part I don't like, Frank, a living <laughs> sacrifice,
0: holy mm. and
1: acceptable to God, which is my spiritual worship, my reasonable worship. And so I tell you, man, who would willingly choose to be a sacrifice? Only those who have the life of Christ in them, because this does not come naturally, does it?
2: Oh, no, it doesn't, John. I think a lot of times this this idea, again, it goes back to that lie in the garden. I shall be as God. I became the center of the universe. I am all about me. And you know what, John, if you really understood how awesome I am, you would be all about me, too. And so, <laughs> But I know we... <laughs> you so well, my friend, and you are awesome. Well, you got some wrinkles, too. So do I. So, yeah. So in the New Testament, the New Covenant, we refute all of that. And we get God back on the throne. And it's interesting. Uh, there's a translation, John, that says this is the only reasonable thing for us to do. If you realize all that God has done for you, the only reasonable thing for you to do now is to be the living sacrifice. And he goes on to say in verse 2, I believe this is his good pleasing and perfect will so it's his will that you and i would live sacrificial lives you know there's a good friend of mine and this is one of his mottos john he says jesus christ did not come to make us successful at anything but to make us sacrificial in everything that's a powerful
1: statement indeed it is and so that really adds uh, a different dimension to the aspects of the will of God we've seen so far. First, saved, that's what he did for us. Second, sanctified, that's what he did for us. Third, we're thankful. But fourth, on serving and becoming a person who lives sacrificially, this takes our thanks and puts it into action. We feel thankful, okay, so what? What are we going to do about it? And in us, his life now moves us to live sacrificially. So this is a fruit of what father has done in us and an outgrowth of our thankfulness, isn't
2: it? Oh, absolutely, John. It's almost like the teaching of the gospel is the lecture. And now we enter into the lab and prove it and test it that it's true. You know, I'm listening to you and I I can't help but think of Philippians 2. In verse one, in fact, I turned to it in my Bible because I don't have it memorized. (laughs) But it says, you know, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any fellowship of the spirit, and you know what he's saying there is, do you understand Christianity at all? (laughs) Well, then if you do, then do this. Be of one mind, united in spirit, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Regard others as more important than yourself. Have the same mindset that Jesus did, who humbled himself and emptied himself to die on a cross. So it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, do you understand Christianity? Then do like your master. Lay down your life. But, you know, I had this thought, John, you know what the problem with the living sacrifice is? It keeps crawling off the altar. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: know. Or, as I've said several times on our podcast, I'm still on the altar. I'm just over to the side. So the knife misses me. (laughs) (laughs) It is so true. And so sacrificial living is just a fruit of what Father has done in us. Mm. And it's a good measure. You know, how are we living? If we're not living sacrificially, then maybe we are not focused on Mm. the life our Father has given us as much
2: as we should be. Because we have to keep coming back, John, to that second verse in Romans 12. This is his good and perfect will for us. People go, what's the will of God? Lay down your life for others. Boy, that's not Uh what I thought it was going to be. I'm sorry I asked. (laughs) I thought that was an optional course. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, here's another one that's a fruit of our thankfulness, a fruit of what Father has done in our lives. And this fifth aspect of God's will for us, Frank, is that we will be spirit-filled. And this comes from Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. Apostle Paul writes, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And so I look at this, and I see this in the very same way we saw The one last time about First Thess four for this is the will of God your sanctification and then it comes right after that and says that you abstain from sexual immorality so sanctification being hagios set apart is the will of God for us and one of the most important fruits is that we abstain from sexual immorality well Frank it's the same structure here Mm. so don't be foolish but understand what the will of God is and one of the first things you're going to do is you're not going to be drunk with wine. You're not going to accept another counterfeit, Frank. Mm. Just like sexuality was a counterfeit for the intimacy with God, getting Mm. drunk with wine is a counterfeit for being filled with the Spirit. So Mm -hmm. I see this uh, as a warning about being drunk with wine, but the bigger warning is to be aware of counterfeits, understand, don't be foolish. So did I nail that? Did I
2: miss it? What's your thought on that? Absolutely, John, because the Greek word there for filled, people get the idea that it's like a cup and you know you could be a quarter filled, half full, three quarter full. That's not what that word means. It literally means, it's the Greek word plerazo, and it means to be controlled. And it's a middle verb. It's be, being controlled. So it's not like we're puppets where the Holy Spirit just manipulates us like a marionette. Oh, no, no. This is a choice where we yield to the leading and guidance and controlling love of the Holy Spirit. And so when he says, don't be drunk, think about a drunk person. They're under the leading of the alcohol. They're under the guidance of the alcohol, the control of the alcohol. It's not just alcohol. Alcohol is simply the first illustration, but it would cover every area of your life. Don't be under the leading guidance, control of anything or anyone other than the Holy Spirit. And I love the way he puts it, John. Don't be foolish understand what the will of God is. In other words, you ought to know this. (laughs) You have been brought into union with the living God of the universe who is your shepherd. And if you're a sheep, let the shepherd shepherd you. And it takes cooperation on our part to have that happen.
1: You know, Frank, you mentioned that one of the Newer translations for Romans 12, verse 1 is that we become living sacrifices because it's the reasonable thing for Mm -hmm. us to do. This word foolish implies that very same thought. It implies that you act rationally, reasonably, Mm. be thoughtful, do the thoughtful thing. And that is to understand God. So it's cool because when you understand all these passages that talk about the will of God, you don't have to search for it. The Mm -hmm. will of God often is the natural outgrowth of his life in you. Mm -hmm. It's reasonable. It's normal. It's natural. It's every day. It's run of the mill. It's just life. And when you walk with him this is stuff just comes out of us as if water's coming out of a hose that's exactly the simple picture that i get Mm. when i see this word don't be foolish but be rational be reasonable be Mm. who you are in other words
2: we can just put various verses together from different books and and just to affirm what you just said you know in ephesians 1 we've been given wisdom and understanding into the plan of god so we get it we're sheep he's the shepherd we get it he psalm 23 leads us to the green pastures we need he leads us to the water we need he's our perfect shepherd And so when we let him lead and guide as the only rational thing to do, like you said, water out of a hose. Well, the biblical example is fruit that's attached and coming out of the vine. And so we have love and joy and peace and patience. And my goodness, God is saying, this is his will for your life. Be led by the spirit. Don't be an independent sheep anymore anymore because you're not so good at it, (laughs) and by all means, don't let yourself be shepherded by a wolf in sheep's clothing, by a hireling. Let yourself be shepherded by the only true shepherd. This is a beautiful depiction for us of what the will of God is, John.
1: Indeed it is, and tucked into all of these is the subtle but very clear warning that the enemy is going to parade any number of counterfeits in front of Mm -hmm. us. So watch out for them. The spirit will tell you where they are and Mm -hmm. just run. Don't go there because they are just like the phrase we use all the time, Frank. They're just hollow bunnies that Mm -hmm. look good on the outside, but have no substance on the inside. Mm -hmm. Cool stuff, man. All right. The next one we're going to talk about this again is the will of God and I'll tell you, my friend, this is something that is, does not sit well with me and with mm. a lot of people I know. This is to submit. Mm. And it's not just submit to people you agree with. We all like that. Mm. This is submit to every authority because Romans 13 tells us that every authority is established by God. And it's like, if you rebel against authority that he's put in place, guess what, man? you're rebelling against God. Boy, this is tough, Frank, isn't it?
0: Mm,
2: John, I don't like this. (laughs) Uh, It's easy to submit to somebody that you know has your best interests at heart. But when We have to submit to somebody that we don't agree with, who's calling us to do something that isn't sinful, because then we've got the clear word of God. We obey God, not man. But when they're calling us to do something we don't think is the best way or feel is the best way, like as an employee to a boss, and you've got a great new methodology, and he says, no, do it my way. That's hard to submit, John. And I mean, that's just not the American way. I mean, when when somebody's calling us to do something, we declare independence and fight for our freedom, for crying out loud. This is otherworldly. It's what the Lamb of God did, John. It's what our Lord Jesus did. He submitted to every authority.
1: Yes, even to the point of death Mm. and humiliation and shame. Frank, I remember... The conversations you and I have had about Peter and how our Savior restored Peter on that lake shore after the Jesus' mm-hmm. resurrection. And here is the thought of that restored man, Peter, years later when he writes his first epistle to those folks who are suffering in Rome. He writes this in 1 Peter 2. The subject for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. Now, remember mm. what the institution was, man. It's the Roman emperor, wow. <laughs> whether it be the emperor as supreme or to the governor's as sent by him, because you are living servants of God. Mm. So honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And boy, this is the tough one. Honor the emperor. Mm. And if you remember, Peter wrote this sometime in the early to mid-60s AD, and this was just about the time that Nero's persecution of Christians was ramping up, because Mm. I did a little reading in history, and right before then was the uh, great fire that consumed three-fourths of the city of Rome. Everybody Mm. blamed Nero, you know, Nero fiddled while Rome burned, so deflect responsibility, he blamed Christians. And they were captured and tortured and killed for Mm. vengeance and entertainment. And we think we have it hard, Frank. It's just a joke sometimes when I think about this. But this is the environment in which Peter, the shepherd, writes, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. I'm okay with all that, but honor the emperor. Boy, Frank, this runs contrary to every fiber of every man and woman on this planet, doesn't it?
2: Oh, gosh, John, it's otherworldly. That's why we stand out, because we don't live as other people. We live a life that lays down its life for others. We live a life that honors other people and submits to other people. And you know, John, we were just in Ephesians 5, where we talked about being spirit-filled and that was control. Don't let yourself be controlled. But in the context, I was just looking at this, he continues in that flow of thought by saying, be in submission to one another. And then out of that flows that wives be in submission to your husbands and husbands to wives and children to parents, parents to children. But John, all of those differing categories, if you will, relational uh, dynamics of submitting is a mutual submission. You know, the church has hammered at the wives, but we didn't realize that that comes out of verse 21. It's a submission one to another. It's not just submission to government, submission to employer. It's also submission to each other. And, you know, John, that's where you almost want to say But what about me? (laughs) You know, but a sacrificial offering is being done on the behalf of others. It's not about the one doing the sacrifice. The very nature of a sacrifice is it's done for others. And he says, this is the will of God, that you be in a mindset of submission. And I think that Greek word, John, is "hupatasso," and it means place yourself under another and so again this is not a passive verb it's not something that's done to us it's not automatic it's something we have to choose to do yes Uh, it's it's an incredible thing John. and perhaps that's why we don't see a spirit of submission much in our world because it's a choice that that people would rather not make
1: Yeah, and I understand that, my friend. I truly do. But it's interesting that I started out this section of our conversation with the reference to Romans chapter 13, that we are to submit to all authorities. Even a president we didn't elect, or Mm. a congresswoman or congressman we didn't elect, uh, it doesn't matter. God has Mm. allowed them to be in that role, and he will accomplish his purposes. And this is even beyond the idea of submission, Frank, is the fact that we trust our father mm. with every circumstance. Even when things seem to be going in a direction we wouldn't like, we trust him that he is going to win in the end. He's going to fix this at some point, And so we can just rest in him. Mm. All right, my friend. We didn't get through all seven aspects of the will of God. We got through six Wrap us up, my friend.
2: Well, John, in several of these we looked at, God speaks to us almost as if, what are you asking what my will is? (laughs) Understand it. You ought to understand it. I have revealed it. I have told you. Every one of those six things we looked at, John, has the phrase, this is the will of God. So it's not hidden. It's not a mystery. The will of God is clear. Become saved, become made whole, be restored to God, be set apart from the world, set apart unto God, be thankful in all things. He's on the throne. Be serving one another, be submissive to one another. Did I miss one, John? Or yes, that spirit filled. Spirit filled. And that's the only way you're going to pull off that's the other right. five. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's it. You can't do it. You got to start with that. Yeah. Um. All right, friends, thanks for joining us today. This has been a really fun time as Frank and I have trusted our Father, as we do with every episode, to unpack for us and through us his truth from his word. And so what we've seen today is straight out of the horse's mouth, so to speak. And so next time, please come back because we're going to pick up the seventh of our aspects of the will of God. And I'll give you a little hint. This one's tough. It's called Mm -hmm. suffering. So if this has been a blessing to you, we invite you to check out our webpage. You'll find that at ourresolutehope.com. Lots of resources there. uh, Newsletters, books, eBooks, videos, all centered on the incredible truth of Christ as our life. Uh, Check us out on our Instagram Facebook, YouTube platforms. We've been really populating a lot of new material on both our website and our YouTube channel. So, subscribe, ring that bell, and you'll hear the very latest that comes out of the vault of information that Father has poured into Pastor Frank Friedman and he has poured into his body for decades. And once again, as always, we close with this reminder from Hebrews 6 that we have a hope as an anchor for our souls. It's a living hope. It's a resolute hope. It's a blessed hope. So today and always, choose hope and choose Jesus.
0: Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, he offers you himself, his own life. He wants to live his life with you, in you, and through you as you trust him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.